Welcome to the Love First Podcast, where we are committed to biblical teaching and sharing the principles and the promises of living out our faith according to what Jesus says are the two greatest commandments, loving God with our whole being and loving others as ourselves. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to help build your faith and deepen your relationship with God. Enjoy the message. My friends, we are in unprecedented times with virtually everything that's deemed non-essential being closed down and public gatherings forbidden trying to slow down this uh, coronavirus pandemic. One of the hardest hit places is the local church. Where before, any time in our country's history that there was some kind of a disaster, people flocked to the churches for comfort and for answers. I'll never forget that Sunday after the September 11th, 2001, a record high number of people went to church. And in most churches, it was standing room only. And in many cases, people simply couldn't get into the building. But now... In this coronavirus pandemic, there's no church to go to on Sunday mornings. The world has been all but closed down. People are feeling isolated. And there's no church to go to for comfort, for reassurance, for hope. Oh, I know almost every church in America has started putting their Sunday messages online. Some do it live on Sunday mornings and others recorded earlier in the week and and, and that's good uh, that they're doing this. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. The Word of God still needs to be preached and hope still needs to be given. And you know, I'm praying for pastors everywhere as I know it's hard to deliver a message to a camera when you're used to delivering it to a room full of people. And I know they've got to be discouraged. So, keep your pastors in your prayers. But you know, I've chosen to look at the bright side of things. And as hard as it is right now to look on the bright side of things, because I, I can't even describe how much I miss going to church right now, and, and just being around other people, I'm looking for and I'm seeing that there really is a bright side to churches being closed down. Now hear me out. I don't like it. I don't want it to go this way. But I am finding a bright side of things. I've been saying for years that the 21st century Western world church is not at all what the church that Jesus established in the first century was like. You know, in that day, they didn't have a church building that they went to where one person preached to hundreds or, or even thousands. When they talked about church, they did not talk about going to a central building to worship. Back then, the church was the people, and they met in each other's homes. Ah, I just felt a few light bulbs going on inside some people's heads as I said that. Because isn't that where we have been in recent weeks? We are relegated to doing church at home 
but let's choose not to look at it as being relegated. Let's choose to look at it as an opportunity to learn to do church like they did in the first century. Now, why, you may ask, should we do it like they did back then? Well, let me be clear. The church in the first century was more effective and had more power than at any other time in history. And in this whole series right now, we will be going through the book of Acts. And I'm going to talk about how we can learn from what they did and see how in the midst of this crisis that we're going through right now, our church can really grow. So lace up your shoes and let's get ready to go. We're going to start in Acts chapter 1, verse 6 through 8. A couple very famous verses there. So when the apostles, this is verse 6 here. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? We're saying, Lord, when is this time going to come that we can start filling up our sanctuaries with people again? When is the time going to come that, that we can go back to church? Verse 7, he, being Jesus, replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. Okay, stop right here for a moment. Because I think it's important for us to fully understand that this time of isolation, this time that we can't go to church, we can't go to work, we, we have no ball games to go to or even watch on TV, the, the idea of getting with, with a group of people, we can't do it. But understand, and I want you to fully understand, this time is going to end. Only God knows the time that's going to end. But rest assured, it will end. How long from now? No one really knows. But I'm telling you, it's going to end. And as a church, as the people of God, we have a choice to make, and we need to be making that choice right now. Are we going to just wait around until it happens and then hope everyone is going to come back to church? Now, I know many of you are saying, and I get it, and I, and I agree with you, of course they're going to come back. Everyone is going to want to be around people again. And you're right. They will. For a little while. And then some are going to remember how nice it was to sleep in on Sunday mornings and then watch church online on their own couch sipping coffee. Yes, I hate to be that bearer of the bad news here, but truthfully... That's what many churches are going to face. That is unless they change their focus right now. Change it from the focus that they've always had before. You know, that focus on maybe the great teaching or the wonderful worship or the variety of programs and so on that the church has. Change that focus now. So let's read verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. 
For the church today to survive and to grow during this crisis, it has to receive and let God activate that power that he promised back in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. The power that propelled the first century church to make not only a difference in their society then, but a difference in the whole world then and the whole world throughout all of history. But what kind of power did Christ promise that the Holy Spirit was going to give that would make such an impact on the world throughout all of history? Was it a political power? Did he give them power in government that would help enact certain laws? I mean, maybe in some cases the, the church has had that kind of power. There were times and there were places in history where the church and the government were almost synonymous. We sure don't see that in today's world, though. So, no, it's not a political power that Jesus said was coming. Was it maybe a performing power? You know, the power to do signs and wonders and, and other miracles? You can make the argument that in some cases, the power of the church is accompanied by the working of great miracles. Oh, and we saw that often in the early church. But is this the power that Jesus was referring to? Now, some would argue that it is. But if you were to use the first method that we're supposed to use in correctly interpreting Scripture, that is, looking at the verse in the context of the verses that lie around it and what was happening at the time, then the answer would be, uh, no, it's probably not a performing power that Jesus was referring to. Well, it must be a praying power. The power that whatever we ask in Jesus' name, he will do it. Now, it is true that we as a church have the privilege of prayer, and with that prayer comes God's power to answer that prayer. And I do believe that the church is called to be a house of prayer. Something, by the way, that I think most churches just pay lip service to and, and not really fully embrace the ministry of prayer. But is prayer the power that Jesus referred to here? Well, as much as I believe and I promote prayer, if you look at the, how to correctly interpret Scripture and looking at the context, the answer here is no. As great as prayer is, that's not the power Jesus re was referring to here. Okay, well, so if it's not a political power or a performing power or even a praying power, then what kind of power is it? Well, I believe that right here in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says that the church, the people who make up the body of Christ, not the building, not even the pastor, but the people, I believe we, the people, have that proclaiming power. And we, the people, are to activate and use that proclaiming power. Remember, verse 8 says, you will receive power. He's not talking about the church building. He's not talking about the pastors. He's talking to each individual believer here. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people, proclaiming to people everywhere about Christ. So there you have it. We are to be his witnesses to our friends, to the people who are our acquaintances, 
to our communities, to our surrounding communities, and even to the world. But Steve, you're probably asking, how are we going to do that when we can't invite them to church? I mean, we aren't even supposed to leave our houses right now. So how are we supposed to make an impact? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Because I believe right now we have a greater opportunity to impact lives than we did before. Now stay with me and, and let me explain this. More people are staying home right now. Fact. They are on their computers and they are on social media more now than they were before. And they are longing to relate to other people right now. Conversations are going on online right now that never happened before. So now is our chance. Now is the time to seize the day. When the world needs the church right now, we need to step up and we need to be the church. Now, I don't mean send people a link to your pastor's latest sermon. That might be a good thing to do, but it's not what I mean here, and it's not the power that we have as believers in Christ. Now is our chance. Now is the time to seize the day. When the world needs the church right now, we need to step up and we need to be the church. Now, I don't mean send people a link to your pastor's latest sermon. That might be a good thing to do, but it's not what I mean here. It's not the power that we, the people, the people of God, the Christians, the fellow believers, it's not the power that Jesus promised back at Acts chapter 1-8. If we are going to access the power that Jesus spoke about, proclaiming him to the world, we need to all do our part right now. And I say this, and you might hear the rain starting to fall as I'm recording this, and oh, may that just be symbolic, Lord, of the of the power of the the rain that you're going to pour down on your people with the power to proclaim you to the world. Amen. Now, the truth is, most people are not going to engage in an online sermon by your pastor. Sorry to tell you that, but the average person isn't going to do that. the The committed people part of the church, they're going to do it. The world is not going to do it. As great as it might be, that's not going to hold the people of the church together. Listening to a sermon is not going to hold the church together during this time that we are all isolated. And it's not going to bring more people into your church family. All right, so let me take you to Galatians chapter 5 for a couple minutes and then make a connection back to Acts chapter 1-8. Galatians 5, 22 through 23 says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What if the world saw each of us, even when we're isolated in our homes, Demonstrating love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What if they saw an online presence of the church? Not the organization, but the people living and talking about these things. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Speaking about it, loving each other, demonstrating it online. Talk about the power of to change lives. 
In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, what we read, Jesus said the Holy Spirit was going to give them the power to proclaim to the world the message of Christianity. That does not simply mean that the pastors preach it from the pulpit. It means especially right now, but as you will see in this entire series that we're doing, even after things return to semi-normalcy, we need to be a presence in our world. We cannot rely on the church leaders to be the presence in the world. God has called the church, the people, to be a presence in the world. Right now, and I think ongoing from here on out, one of the best ways is to find a way to be a community online. We'll take that online into real life when we're able to return. But right now, we need to have a community presence online. And we can do that in a variety of different ways. I know uh, groups that I was just, uh, it was part of one just this last, uh, last night, a, a Zoom conference with 22 other people from my church. And I tell you what, it was an absolute blessing to be able to fellowship again with people and to pray with people after being gone from each other for about three weeks now. And that's, that was just a very special time. Uh, you could have Facebook groups that the church comes together and they can all start posting things, questions, discussion, and you can have discussions going on right there online that carry on throughout a week. You can put in prayer requests. You can do all kinds of stuff. Be a presence online. Keep connecting with people. That's what's going to hold the church together. That's what's going to grow the church during this time that we're not going to church. It's time for the people of the church to step up and be the light of the world. And that's what we're going to be talking about throughout this series. So come back next time as, as we talk about living church outside the four walls of the church. You won't want to miss that one. Until then, may God surround you with his love and fill you with his grace so that you can demonstrate a life of love first to the people around you. Hi, this is Steve Bittison. If you enjoyed this podcast or if God blessed you or taught you anything in it, I hope that you will subscribe to the Love First podcast and share it with your friends. That way you won't miss any of the upcoming teachings and messages and maybe you will help be a blessing to someone else.